Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? This is your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Monday, November 23rd, 2020. And on the podcast, we're going to be continuing our look at which Bruins were at best, focusing on numbers 70 to 79, taking a look at each and assessing, of course, which players in Bruins history wore each number best. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. The podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts is what I use for my Android. If you could kindly hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Each new episode automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be so very much appreciated, especially you Apple users. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO underscore Boston Ruins. Also on Instagram at Locked On Boston Bruins. And I can be found on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. Now, just a heads up before I start, probably only have two episodes this week, uh, seeing as A, it's uh, Thanksgiving down in the States. And so Thursday, Friday, you'll probably all be busy, uh, hopefully, uh, social distancing, but able to spend some time with family in some capacity. Uh, it's also my birthday next week, and so my wife Lauren is taking me away for a couple days at the end of this week, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. Just a quick update on Bruins news and notes before we get to the which Bruins wore it best. As we're about a week away now from December, still no news on Jake DeBrusque and Zdeno Chara, the two remaining big-name free agents on Don Sweeney's to-do list. Uh, there have been some rumblings over the weekend that perhaps uh, Oliver ekman Larson might be asked again about his no-trade clause, no-movement clause. Uh, that's kind of speculation at this point, but in an interview with Craig Morgan over the weekend, he kind of alluded to the fact that he'd crossed that bridge uh, when he came to it, meaning perhaps... That's what Don Sweeney's waiting on to see as we get closer to the season where the Coyotes are at. There's been a lot of, uh, I guess, non-movement in the NHL uh, over the last few weeks. It's kind of striking looking at the NBA and seeing the, the free agent movement there compared to the NHL, which has really slowed down. Uh, I'm under the impression that teams are really waiting to see what happens with a return to play plan, what the timelines are. And then once we know when training camp will begin, we'll probably see some more movement at that point uh, with some signings of remaining free agents as well as PTOs and things like that. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much where we're at in terms of Bruins news. So let's jump into the which Bruins wore it best beginning with number 79. And there have only been two players in NHL sorry, in Boston Bruins history, to don this number. The first being David Warsawski back from 2014-2015. Uh, 
he only appeared in about 10 games for the Bruins, recorded three points. Uh, so we're going to give the edge to current Boston Bruin, Jeremy Lozon. He's a guy I mentioned last week as a potential filler on the left side of the Bruins blue line. He was a second round pick of the Bruins, 52nd overall in 2015. He's appeared in 32 games, two goals, one assist. And last season, he really came into his own on the right side with Matt Grizzlick on the third pairing, but he has a left-hand shot and could see an increased role for the Bruins, perhaps even on the second pair with Brandon Carlo, with Matt Grizzlick bumping up to the top pair with Charlie McAvoy. That's all dependent on future movement, but that's kind of how it shakes out at the moment. So Jeremy Lozon, number 79, uh, giving him the edge over David Orsovsky already, and uh, he could become a very solid and dependable defenseman for the Boston Bruins. Now there's no number 78, and so we jump right to number 77, and that, of course, was worn by the great Raymond Bork, drafted eighth overall by the Boston Bruins in 1979. He appeared in 1,518 games for the Bruins, 395 goals, 1,111 assists for a total of 1,506 points. He, of course, finished his career with the Colorado Avalanche, winning a Stanley Cup as a member of the Avs, something basically the only thing that he was unable to accomplish as a member of the Boston Bruins. Very unfortunate that he had to end his career with the Avalanche, but he, of course, returned to the Bruins and has had his number retired, and he will therefore be the only Bruin to ever wear number 77. Now, a couple things to note here about number 77. It's retired, like I mentioned, by the Bruins. The Avalanche also retired number 77 in honor of his contributions to the team, helping them win a Stanley Cup. But that was not his original number. When he debuted with the Bruins, he was assigned sweater number 7. That number had a significant amount of history behind it for the Bruins, as it had been the number of Phil Esposito for his entire Bruins career. He was the third player issued the number following Esposito's departure from the team in 1976. It was also worn by Sean Shanahan and Bill Bennett. But despite the fact that Bork was wearing this number and he had already set himself apart as a pretty special player, the Bruins decided it was time to pay tribute to Esposito's accomplishments. And prior to the start of the 1987-88 season, they retired his number and made it the seventh number retired by the Bruins. Number seven, seventh number to re-retired. Bork, therefore, had to change his number. And the night of the jersey retirement, when the team took to the ice for Esposito's uh, ceremony, Bork skated over to Esposito, removed his number seven jersey, handed it to the legendary Bruin as a symbolic gesture, And underneath that number seven jersey was his new number 77, which he would obviously wear for the remainder of his career. I mentioned that 77 was retired by both the Bruins and the Avs. He's one of only nine players 
to have his jersey retired by more than one team. The other players are Gordie Howe, Bobby Hall, Wayne Gretzky, Red Kelly, Mark Messier, Tim Horton, and former teammate Patrick Waugh, as well as Scott Niedermeyer. Bork still lives in the Boston area, remains active in several local charities, named a Bruins team consultant back in 2005, and he remains the Bruins' career leader in games played with 1,518 assists, 1,111 points, 1,506. Who is the second player on that list? Any active players? Not really. Patrice Bergeron, 869. So that record is very unlikely to be broken for sure, which is the Bruins' all-time points record at 1,506. He also holds the Bruins' Lead in shots on goal, 5,950. Power play goals, 164. Uh, One of the great Boston Bruins of all time, of course. And it was, like I said, a real shame that he didn't win a cup with the Bruins, although he did have a couple cracks at the finals. And the Bruins just could not stack up to uh, those Edmonton Oilers of the late 80s and the early 90s. So Ray Bork, number 77. One of the greats all time, and uh, it was a pleasure to grow up being able to watch him play. Before we move on, let me talk for another moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, and it's even better now with six new amazing flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate and they're all soft and easy to chew. They're also all gluten-free, which is very important to me as someone with celiac. But it's not just a delicious treat. They're also great for the health-conscious person. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can mix and match your next box of Built Bars. Once you get to checkout, use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Before I move on to number 76, let me remind you that on Wednesday's shows, we typically feature a mailbag segment. So please send any questions that you have to at LO underscore Boston Bruins or at ENC McLaren, and I'll do my best to answer those questions on Wednesday's show. So tune into that. And you can go back to uh, last week's mailbag in the meantime to hear uh, last week's questions and my answers to them. Now, number 76 for the Boston Bruins, there's three players who have worn it. Alexander Koklachev, Christopher Narski, and Dennis Bonvi. Now, you know, Koko, kind of a bust as a Bruins uh, second round pick, I believe, 40th overall in 2011. Never quite made it back in Russia at the moment, I believe. Vernarsky, same, didn't quite make it. So I'm going to give this to Dennis Bonvi for one specific reason. Now, Dennis Bonvi, of course, not known for his offensive <laughs> flair. He was known as a bruiser. In fact, he racked up almost 5,000 penalty minutes at the AHL level, actually 4,493 to be exact, in 871 games. 
He played only 92 games at the NHL level, and 23 of those came as a member of the Boston Bruins. It was as a Bruin that he scored his one and only NHL goal. He grabbed the puck at the blue line, let a hard slap shot go from the top of the face-off circle, and beat Chris Osgood, who was then playing for the New York Islanders, and it went through his five-hole. After Bonvi scored, he went by Osgood and jokingly said, I think it's time you better retire. And that is just a classic line. Therefore, because he scored that goal as a member of the Bruins, because of that line, uh, we're going to give him the edge as the best Bruin to wear number 76. Number 75, we have three players as well who have donned this number. Hal Gill back in 1998, Colton Orr from 2004 to 2006, and then Connor Clifton uh, who currently wears that number. Hal Gill spent 626 games with the Bruins over eight years, 20 goals, 77 assists, and also racked up 588 penalty minutes. Uh, he was kind of that Zdeno Chara type guy for the Bruins before Chara arrived. 6'7", big, hulking, shutdown defenseman. I'm probably going to give him the edge over Colton Orr, who was mostly around just for fisticuffs. And in fact, he only played 21 games for the Bruins. Cliffy Hockey might end up being the best 75 for the Bruins. He has appeared in... Stanley Cup final games for the Bruins. And he has two goals and one assist through 50 games. But because of how Gill's longevity with the team, uh, I'm going to give him the edge at the moment. How Gill, the best Bruin to wear number 75. Connor Clifton's career pending, of course. Number 74 is where things get a touch interesting. Now, if we were doing it by the best player to wear number 74, we would probably put Paul Coffey up there because he is obviously a Hall of Fame defenseman, won several Stanley Cups as a member of the Edmonton Oilers as well as the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he is quite honestly one of the best defensemen to ever play the game right up there with the likes of a Ray Bork. Now, he only played very sparingly for the Bruins near the end of his career. 18 games, racked up four assists. So, as a Bruin, very much near the end of his career and didn't really make much of an impact as a member of the Bruins. Uh, during Coffey's last season, in fact, Ray Bork, who was a member of the Avs, passed Coffey for... Career goals, assists, and points, becoming the uh, you know highest scoring defenseman in NHL history. So, having said all that, I'm going to give the edge to Jake DeBrusque because he has been a better member of the Boston Bruins to date. Of course, he was drafted in the first round of the 2015 draft. 203 games for the Bruins so far, 62 goals, 58 assists for 120 points. He is a restricted free agent, and there is some question as to whether he'll be back as a member of the Boston Bruins, to be frank. Will this contract 
perceived stalemate lead to him being traded? Will the Bruins deal him to add some depth on defense to fill Tory Krug's hole? Uh, there's questions about that. But DeBrusque, as we all know, has been a key member for the Bruins over the last few years. He really stepped up in particular in the uh, 2018 playoffs, scoring six goals in 12 games, including some key goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 7 of the first round. Uh, he scored four goals in 2019 playoffs, four goals this year, and has been, uh, yeah, we describe him as streaky, but he can be a pretty big game player, and uh, that's something the Bruins uh, need to hold on to. So I'd like to see him stay a member of the Bruins. And again, Paul Coffey is a Hall of Famer, one of the great players of all time, but his career with the Bruins was very short and at the end of his playing career, so he was pretty old, didn't really do much for the Bruins. Uh, so I'm going to give the edge to Jake DeBrusque for number 74. When we get to number 73, very difficult <laughs> decision to be made here. We have Charlie McAvoy, who currently wears number 73. And then we have Michael Ryder, who wore number 73 for the Bruins from 2009 to 2011. And of course, won the Stanley Cup as a member of the Bruins that year. Now, while I firmly believe that Charlie McAvoy is the future of this team on defense, he could and should be in Norris Trophy conversations for years to come. Uh, he's been to a Stanley Cup final. Hopefully he's back there and gets his name on the cup. At the moment, I'm going to give the edge to Ryder just because he has been immortalized as a Stanley Cup champion, as a member of the Boston Bruins. Anyone from that 2011 team gets an edge in my books. And of course, he's also part of one of the famous moments from that Stanley Cup championship run where he made that amazing uh, save as well, helping to bail out Tim Thomas. So Michael Ryder, he was only here for a couple years, but he definitely left a lasting impression. One of the prides of Newfoundland and certainly someone who stands out to me as uh, just a fun personality from that time and uh, a key member of that team bringing some depth scoring to the Bruins 235 games he appeared in 63 goals 64 assists that's in the regular season in the playoffs he contributed 17 goals and 18 assists in 49 playoff games and of course he does have um, that Stanley Cup championship and he was also key in uh, the series against the Canadians that year, scoring a overtime game-winning goal, uh, which obviously helped <laughs> the Bruins after they had been down 2-0 to start that series. So Michael Ryder gets the edge in my books, uh, although Mr. McAvoy certainly has every opportunity to overtake that mantle by the time his career is all said and done. Number 72, there's a bunch of guys named Who on this list. Eric Nicholas, Pavel Kolarik, Ben Walter, Peter Schaefer, Jamie Arneal, Nicholas Svedberg, and Frank Vetrano, who most recently wore the number from 2016 to 2018. Honestly, I think I'm going to give this one to the goaltender, Nicholas Svedberg, undrafted. He played 19 games 
for the Bruins, but he put up some pretty decent numbers. Record of 8-5-1 with a 9-20 save percentage. Uh, then he went back down to Providence. Didn't really catch on at the NHL level. I'm not really sure why, to be honest, but he did put up decent numbers when he did play for the Bruins. Uh, the other guys I mentioned, nobody really stands out as uh, an offensive threat. I would have liked to have seen Vetrano stick around, but he hasn't really done much over with the Florida Panthers either. So Nicholas Svedberg, who was named the AHL's goalie of the year in 2012-13, gets the edge in my books. Um, he did opt to sign a one-year deal in the KHL following his season with the Bruins, and uh, he finished his career over there as well, uh, deciding to yeah return over to Europe. But his brief stint with the Bruins was uh, pretty successful overall. Number 71 is a bit weird because the player who I think was the most successful wearing this number was also... The same guy who wore number 91, the only player to wear number 91 as a member of the Boston Bruins, but Mark Savard wore number 71 for the Bruins, and that was during his first season with the team, and it was also his most successful. He had 22 goals, 74 assists for 96 points in 82 games, wearing number 71 for the Bruins, and his 74 assists were good for third in the NHL behind only Joe Thornton and Sidney Crosby. So while Savard is the best Bruin to wear 91, I'm also giving him the edge for 71 over Erie Slager and Terry Virtue, who wore the number back in 1999, only four games with the Bruins. That brings us to number 70, and that was worn by three different goaltenders. The first being Matt Del Judas, if I'm saying that right, fourth round pick by the Bruins in 1987. He only played in 11 games for the Bruins, a record of 2 5 and 1 with an 886 save percentage. No, thank you. Malcolm Subban wore it most recently for the Bruins. He was drafted in the first round, of course, and he only appeared in two NHL games for the Bruins. Very poor performances with a 727 save percentage in those two games. He's since been a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. He's now a Chicago Blackhawk, and he could even start for that team this year. But the edge here goes to Tim Thomas. I'm going to get more into him when we come to the number that he wore while backstopping the team to a Stanley Cup. He wore number 70 for the Bruins very early in his career in 2003. He, of course, had multiple stints with the Bruins. This time, in 2003, he appeared in four games, three and one record with a 9.07 save percentage, and that was just a foreshadowing of what was to come. So while I'm giving him the edge here for number 70 over Del Judas and Subban, we'll get more into his legacy as a Bruin when we come to the number that he wore later in his time with the Bruins. So that wraps up. Numbers 70 through 79, which Bruins wore best. If you missed numbers uh, 80 through 99, you can go back over the last two Mondays and uh, hear more about those players as well. 
Now let's talk for a moment about Built Go. It's an exciting new product from the makers of Built Bar. And whether you've hit a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go every day. It comes in easy to take in one and a half ounce packages and it gives you a five hour energy boost without the same crash feeling that comes with the leading alternatives. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My favorite is peanut butter honey. It's loaded with so much good stuff to ignite your workday. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally makes you look and feel better. If you use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. And it seems as though the hoped for start date of next season being January 1st, very much in question at the moment for a number of reasons. First of all, the pandemic continues to hit American states at a very high rate, and also there are increasing number of cases in NHL cities up here in Canada. Edmonton's not doing great. Winnipeg's not doing great. Toronto's been locked down for the next 28 days. Uh, Ottawa even, not awesome. Vancouver, all these cities not doing really great, despite the fact there will be an all-Canadian division. It's still rather uh, concerning. The NHL seems pretty determined to have a season. In some way, I'd I'd be shocked if there wasn't anything at all, but it looks like it'll be in empty arenas to begin, an all-Canadian division, no all-star break, Playoffs that could finish in mid-July. The number of regular season games very much still yet to be determined. Now, another big issue that Mayor and I discussed on Friday is the whole escrow and uh, whether players will be asked to defer salary. One NHL player agent told Ben Kuzma of the Vancouver province that... um, Commissioner Gary Bettman has to preserve the integrity of the game and they have to play a season, whatever it looks like. Failure to do so would hurt the league's brand. In terms of the salaries, if it was just a clear deferral, this agent said, players individually would look at that if they had the flexibility. But players are in different situations. If a guy is on a long-term deal, would it make sense for him to defer some money this year? That's a voluntary decision. And it might be able to work, but the players and league have to agree on it. And part of the problem with deferred income is that in the U.S., it's not guaranteed. So if an owner wants to declare bankruptcy, the first thing a court is going to throw away is unsecured debt. If you secure it, you add tax to that particular year. So the NHL and the NHLPA running out of time to reach an agreement on a return to play plan for January 1st. The quickest way to that route would be the league backing off on their request for increased escrow and salary deferral rates, but Bettman and the owners likely won't back off just knowing uh, their track record. Of course, the players have really dug in their heels, and if the league does the same, the season could be in jeopardy, which is really unfortunate seeing as they just came to a labor agreement prior to 
their playoff return to play plan. Um, so still lots in the air when it comes to figuring things out for what will be the 2021 season, 2020 clearly off the table at this point. I think that's pretty much it for hockey news, to be honest. Um, yeah, I hope you are all doing well. I know it's going to be a hard week for many of you without the ability to gather with family um, and just the uncertainty surrounding COVID and the best course of action. I hope that you all take care of yourselves, take care of each other. As I mentioned, I'll be off Friday, but we'll be back Wednesday with a mailbag episode. Um, yeah, what am I doing? What am I watching? Uh, Lauren and I finished The Crown over the weekend, which is an excellent Netflix show that I highly recommend. Uh, we might continue watching that Trial 4 documentary on Netflix, which is about a police shooting in Boston uh, many years ago. I'm still going through Sons of Anarchy, which I can't get enough of on season five now, nearing the end, really enjoying it. Uh, I'm also reading the new book by Frederick Bachman called Anxious People. He's the author of Bear Town uh, and the follow-up. Oh, what's the follow-up called? I can't remember. Uh, but probably two of my favorite hockey books, uh, novels to be specific. And I'm also reading a new book by Rob Bell, listening to a live album by The War on Drugs. These are all things that I'm doing just to, yeah, try to stay positive and still watching How I Met Your Mother, my watch Modern Family next, trying to finish The Good Place. Uh, so yeah, just trying to stay as occupied and busy as possible to keep my mind off impending winter, off the pandemic. Um, it was actually nice over the weekend to have the snow coming down, the boys could get out and uh, tobogging quite a bit, and, and that was pretty fun. So again, all that to say... Please take care of yourselves. Know that you're not alone. If you do need to reach out, you can send me a message at ENC McLaren on Twitter. And um, yeah, send in some questions to Locked On Boston Bruins as well for Wednesday's podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, friends. Uh, always appreciate the support. And be back on Wednesday with a mailbag episode. For all the latest on the Patriots, go to Locked On Patriots. Uh, for the latest on the Celtics and follow up from free agency, go check out Locked On Celtics and also check out uh, Locked On Red Sox for everything Boston baseball related. That's it. Take care, friends, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of days. Peace.